Omeditam yena tas mai shri gurave namaha. Vanchakha pachubhyascha kripasindu bevacha. Patita nam bhavan ebyo vaishnavebyo namo namaha. Namaste jivanandaya dasaya vanacharine prabhupada labaya snida shila virodine. Ajnana dvantagamanam. Pashtate patita maham jnana guru thaya jitarine chakchase namaha. Nama om vishnu paraya krishna prashtaya bhutale. Shri Mathe Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashtata Deshatarine Jaya Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadarha Shri Vasati Gauravatamina Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare the ghosts and hobgoblins took possession of the body, thrown off in the form of yawning by Brahma, the creator of the living entities. This is also known as a sleep which causes drooling. The hobgoblins and ghosts attack men who are impure, and their attack is spoken of as insanity. Welcome to Bhagavad Gita class. Thank you. So cleanliness is spoken of a lot and Krishna consciousness. And we remember Maharaj Parikshit. He wanted to cast out the influence of Kali from his kingdom because that Kali was killing the bull and the cow. So he wanted to kill this personality. But because Kali has his rightful place in terms of the Lord's plan for the living entities to um, go through the karma that's necessary for justice and purification, then Kali had to remain. So when Kali begged for mercy from the great king, then Maharaj Pariksit he told Kali, okay, you can remain, but you can only go to four places. These are places that are not clean. This is where gambling takes place, intoxication, illicit sex, and meat eating. So these are uh, the basis of the destruction of the principles of religion. The four pillars of religion cleanliness, truthfulness, mercy, and austerity are destroyed by these unclean influences of gambling, beating, intoxicating, intoxication, illicit sex. And so, because these influences are so strong in Kali Yuga, Srila Prabhupada gave us these principles so that we have a chance to be free from these influences that we can uh, curb these all-pervasive uh, nature of uncleanliness in this age. So I was reading one book um, by a devotee. He put together different stories um, that teach different lessons on morality and, and dharma. And one particular story from Mahabharata is of Nala and Damayanti. Uh, Damayanti is the daughter of Bhima. 
who was a king of a particular province. I'm not sure at what point in the Mahabharata this took place. But Damayanti was said to be more beautiful than the celestials in heaven. And Nala was a, was a great prince from a different province. And so Providence was going to have it that these two would meet and become married. But the drama that took place was that, first of all, they both found out about the, the fame of one another. They found about uh, the, the beauty and the qualities of one another. So for a long time, they were contemplating on, on, on their union. And so it came to be that because of the beauty of Damayanti, even the demigods wanted to have her hand in marriage. So there was a swayambar ceremony held to win the hand of Damayanti. And even devas, four particular devas, uh, Indra, Agni, Varuna, and Yama, they were coming to win the hand of this earthly uh, human, uh, Damayanti. And so, however, when they saw Nala coming, they immediately knew because of his charm. They thought he was the personification of Cupid. They immediately knew this is our greatest competition. So they tried to trick him. They tried to trick him. They, they, uh, they took advantage of him. And when he saw that the devas were here, he felt like, I need to offer my respects. I need to serve these personalities. So he came before him, and, and he said, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? And they said, well, would you please go and speak to Damayanti and request that she take one of us um, as her husband? So his heart was broken. First of all, he thought, how can I compete with these uh, demigods? And now I have to go and request that my love, the person I've been contemplating on to, to be married to, now has to marry one of these demigods. So they arranged a way that he could go into the inner chambers of Damayanti. And he spoke in such a way where she understood that although he was saying this, that he actually wanted to be married to her. And she felt in her heart she wanted to be married to him. So when the ceremony came to be, uh, there was thousands of kings, persons from all over the world who were swarming to, um, to win the hand of Namayanti. And when she came out, she was only looking for her, her love, Nala. She was trying to see where is he. And finally she noticed that there wasn't one, but there was five Nalas. The four devas, because they, they understood that they didn't have a chance, they took the, the same form. And so now she was bewildered. She says, Wait, I don't know who's the real, who's my real love, who should I should select? So finally, uh, she notices that the demigods, they had no perspiration and, and they had no blinking of eyes. So then she realized, okay, these are the devas. And the, the human being, he's perspiring and in anxiety. And this, so this is, this is my, my true love. So in that way, they became married. What's that? The sweaty one. Yes. 
So in that way, they became married. Now, it was said that Nala was an extremely uh, dharmic person, a very righteous person. He did everything according to Shastra. He behaved in the right way. But now, the devas were very envious. And they were complaining to uh, Kali personified, who has influence here on this planet, specifically in this age, that this person, this this uh, celestial beauty, Damayanti, she should be married to one of the devas, not to this earthly. And so Kali, to serve their interests, he was looking for some way that he could affect and influence Nala to destroy um, destroy him. But he couldn't find any way because he was, Nala was so righteous. And, and so he's searching and searching and finally, one day, before doing his worship, his evening worship, he used the restroom and he forgot to wash his legs afterwards, after urinating. He forgets to wash his legs. In this way, Kali is able to take advantage and enter into him and influence him. And he influenced him in such a way that he was impelled to accept the request of uh, one of the other princes. You see, see uh, Nala became, he became the, the king. One of the other princes who, of course, was vying for power, he requested Nala to enter into a gambling match. So because now he was influenced by this Kali, uh, he decided to go ahead and, and do this gambling match. He was driven like he was mad on this influence of Kali. And so he, he gambled, and he kept on losing and losing. He was losing everything. And he ended up, he gambled away the entire kingdom. He lost everything. And so he's, he's out in the wilderness, and his, his bride is with him, Amiyanti is with him, and it ends up being, he's, he's so distraught, and he's so embarrassed, that he ends up just sitting in a place and meditating, and he, he doesn't even take care of his wife, who has hardly any clothes on. Anyway, the end of the story, the end of the story, after all this embarrassment, um, he was blessed in different ways. And they were able to be reunited. But this is a particular story from the Mahabharata that shows uh, the power of cleanliness. That cleanliness um, means that we are we are protected from ungodly influences. One of the symptoms of ignorance is is uncleanliness, and it's said by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita that from Beginning to end, everything done in the mode of ignorance is simply misery. So actually, when we have an unclean environment, and an unclean mind, then it's simply misery. And actually, cleanliness arises from a pure mind of a person. Degradation of consciousness and mode of ignorance comes from impurities in the mind. That's why we see the polluting nature of our world. Because Kali has this pervasive influence that makes it so the impure mind is, as Prabhupada says, in harmony with the mode of ignorance. 
and harmony with the one of ignorance. And so that's why uh, this principle is so important. Actually, um, researching cleanliness, when Krishna speaks about the divine qualities in Bhagavad Gita, one of these qualities is cleanliness. When Krishna speaks about the items of knowledge, when he says all these are knowledge and everything else is ignorance, one of these items is cleanliness. And the qualities of a brahmana, one of those is samo tapasocham, is cleanliness. So we understand the power of cleanliness and how we can be safe from these evil influences by being clean. And Prabhupada said we bathe in two ways. We bathe externally our body, and then we bathe through the chanting of the Mahamantra, the most powerful mantra in existence. And this mantra is the purifying agent, the force that can create a bubble around us, a, a, a safety net around us to ward off all the evil, negative influences of this age. Just like a lotus flower. A lotus flower has the coating on it that makes all this dirt and mud slip right off. So the Maha Mantra, not only does it purify our heart, not only does it remove all these negative things from our heart that have been accumulated for so many, so many years, so many lifetimes, but it also shields us. It shields us from negative influences. And so that's why Srila Prabhupada, he said, 16 rounds, that is the purifying force. So please follow. So you can see how Prabhupada actually protected us. He protected us from the influence of Kali. Whereas no one's protected in this age, but through the strength of the purifying force of the Yuga Dharma, given to us by Srila Prabhupada, and these these fundamental principles, pillars of religion, in the form of no meeting, no gambling, no illicit sex, no intoxication, then Prabhupada has protected us. So I was reading this um, beautiful article by Mahavishnu Swami, and he gave this acronym, and this is a nice way to remember how cleanliness um, ultimately creates an environment where we can become liberated. And that environment is a great blessing for us. So remember how we were speaking about how uncleanliness starts in the mind. And so if we fill the mind with things of Krishna, things of God, things of goodness, pure goodness, then that means that, like here, the mind needs a new occupation. Because the mind is always spinning, it's always working. And so, because it's naturally contaminated within the modes of nature, it needs, it needs another... Um, it needs something to fill the gap. It needs something purifying. It needs something to create a trajectory of goodness, of cleanliness. And so Mahavishnu Swami said, remember this acronym. C-D-E-F-G. C stands for cleanliness. If you have cleanliness, then you can have D is for discipline. 
If you're clean, then you can be focused. And if you're focused, you can have a discipline. And discipline means that you can think clearly to control yourself. Because one, one symptom of of ignorance is that uncontrolled. Like uh, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, those who are demonic, they don't know what is to be done, what is not to be done. Neither cleanliness, truth, nor proper behavior is found in them. So cleanliness also leads to an environment of truth. And uh, Maharaj, he gave this, uh, this funny story about how actually one of the symptoms of, of uncleanliness, of degradation, is pratishta, the desire for, for recognition. So he said this one particular person, he graduated um, from law school, and he had, a, he had a high degree, so he was very learned. So he had, he, had, he had some pride, some false pride. And so he had acquired a new office. And, and in this office, he had all this facility there, and including a, a telephone. And so feeling very um, accomplished and proud, he had his first person come and arrive at his office. And he was feeling, I need to impress this person. And so he picked up the phone, um, although no one had called, and he pretended like he was on the phone with uh, the Prime Minister. So he started speaking in different ways and, and saying how, yes, yes, we'll take care of this business, etc. He hung up the phone, and then he picked it up and he dialed another number and he called somebody else. And the man is sitting there waiting for him to, to finish his business so he could have his audience. And so he goes ahead and he makes a couple more phone calls and he's just pretending there's actually nobody on the line. And so he finishes finally, and he feels you know, satisfied with his performance. And so uh, he looks at the man who's entered, and he says, How can I help you, sir? And he says, Oh, actually, I- I'm the technician, and I've come to connect the phone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so... So cleanliness leads to discipline. We have discipline in life. Then EFG stands for education, but not just any education, education for God. Cleanliness, discipline, and then education for God. Because when we have a, a clean environment, then we can have a, a, a focused mind. With a focused mind, then we can engage in education. Education takes place when we have a peaceful mind. So that's why the mode of goodness is so important. The mode of goodness creates an environment where education can take place. Um, and so I'd like to describe, because some of you are feeling fearful because you're feeling like, oh, well, I've drooled in sleep before, so I'm going to have evil influences affect me. So some of you are feeling like this. So uh, there's some antidotes to this. And first of all, I'd like to read the verse from the Madhya Lila, Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Lila, 2059. And it says, One may be born in a Brahmana family. This is actually, oh, this is actually a verse spoken by Prahlad Maharaj. One may be born in a Brahmana family and have all 12 Brahminical qualities, which cleanliness is one. But if he is not devoted to the lotus feet of Lord Krishna, who is a navel shaped like a lotus, he is not as good as a chandala who has dedicated his mind, words, activities, wealth, and life to the service of the Lord. 
Simply to take birth in a Brahmana family or to have Brahminical qualities is not sufficient. One must become a pure devotee of the Lord. If a Svapacha or Chandala is a devotee, he delivers not only himself but his whole family, whereas a Brahmana who is not a devotee but simply has Brahminical qualifications cannot even purify himself. What to speak of his family? So cleanliness is in the mode of goodness, but doesn't necessarily mean it's in the mode of pure goodness. You see? So what Prahlad Maharaj here is saying is he's saying that if one takes to the surrendering process of Krishna consciousness, then everything else comes from that. Actually, that's the true purifying force. And that's why Lord Chaitanya said, Chaito Dharpana Marjana. Uh, marjana means to clean, and Chaita means the heart. So Chaita Dharpana Marjana means through this process of devotional service, the topmost process being the chanting of Krishna's names, and then all these dirty things from the heart will be removed. Not something superfluous. So that's why Prabhupada said we need these two different ways of, of cleaning. We need to clean our body, we need to clean our external environment, and we need to clean our heart through uh, the chanting of the holy names of Krishna. And so we always recite this verse when we go on to the altar, Om Apavitro Pavitro Sarvavas Angatopiva Yasmes Pundarik Aksham Sabayavantara Suchihi so the true purifying agent is remembering Pundarik Aksham, the Lord who has eyes like a lotus. When we remember Krishna, then everything becomes purified. So I remember when I first came to Krishna consciousness and I went to Los Angeles, uh, the devotees were telling me, there is no you know, material impediment for chanting. You can even chant when you're in the restroom. And I was thinking, wow, you can, you can do something so sacred in the restroom. Why? Because Krishna purifies everything. And I was thinking of that story when Lord Chaitanya, he came to deliver the Mayavad sannyasis. And, and he, he sat in a filthy place, remember, where they, where they bathed the feet. So the Lord was showing that actually this is an unclean place. This is a place where there's offenses made to the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of this degrading Mayavad philosophy. So the Lord was showing, actually, I'm going to purify this place. And so through his, the power of or the presence of God, in the form of Sri Chaitanya, um, he purified the whole atmosphere, everywhere. And ultimately, he, he transformed the hearts of these Mayavad sannyasis and, and gave them pure love of God. So this is the, the actual... Uh, true antidote to all these influences of Kali. So then this, this particular series of verses says, what do we do once Krishna is accepted as the goal of life? Do we remain like a chandala? Like what if we're a chandala and we come to Krishna consciousness? But what happens to the purifying force? And also, um, yeah, so what happens? What do we do when we become purified? So one who has accepted me as the supreme goal of life, this is Krishna from the 11th canto, should strictly observe the scriptural injunctions forbidding sinful activities, and as far as possible should execute the injunctions prescribing minor regulative duties, such as cleanliness. Ultimately, however, one should approach a bona fide spiritual master who is full in knowledge of me as I am, who is peaceful and who, by spiritual elevation, is non-different from me. The servant or disciple of the spiritual master should be free from false prestige, never considering himself to be the doer, 
He should be act, active and never lazy and should give up all sense of proprietorship over the objects of the senses, including his wife, children, home, and society. He should be endowed with feelings of loving friendship toward the spiritual master and should never become deviated or bewildered. The servant or disciple should always desire advancement in spiritual understanding, should not envy anyone, and should always avoid useless conversation. One should see one's real self-interest in life in all circumstances and should therefore remain detached from wife, children, homeland, relatives, friend, friends, wealth, and so on. Just as fire, which burns and illuminates, is different from firewood, which is to be burned to give illumination, similarly the seer within the body, the self-enlightened spirit soul, is different from the material body, which is, which is to be illuminated by consciousness. Thus, the spirit, soul, and the body possess different characteristics and are separate entities. So we remember that the soul is actually never unclean. Uh, Tamal, uh, Uma's son, he was saying at, at the uh, celebration of life for his mother, he was saying, well, he also said at the funeral, he said, he said, nobody's perfect. He said, my mom is not perfect, but she's the most perfect person that I've ever encountered in my life. But actually, we understand that a pure devotee is perfect. That when we see imperfections, it's simply we're seeing the external manifestation of this material world. So it's not that the pure devotee is ever contaminated. It's that sometimes we see faults because of, of, our, of our own uh, material conception. Like that. So it says in the uh, Nectar of Instruction, it says, just like the Ganges has mud and foam and bubbles, someone can criticize and say, oh, the Ganges is dirty. But actually, the Ganges is always completely pure and completely transcendental to the modes of nature. So the soul is never contaminated. The only contaminated effect is when we become covered by the modes of nature. We're all actually pure souls. We're part and parcel of the supreme pure soul, Krishna. And so if, if we... Um, become free from that covering, then we regain uh, knowledge and awareness of this purity. And that's by uh, the, the mercy of, of the spiritual master and, and following and, and surrendering to the spiritual master. Um, okay, so here is the, here is the cause of uncleanliness. This is also from Bhagavatam. This is Kapila Muni to his mother Devahuti. So this is how we can remain clean by understanding these instructions from Kapila Dev. For the sake of the body, which is a source of constant trouble to him, and which follows him because he is bound by ties of ignorance and fruit of activities, he performs various actions which cause him to be subjected to repeated birth and death. If, therefore, the living entity again associates with the path of unrighteousness, that's the cause, associating with the path of unrighteousness, influenced by sensually minded people engaged in the pursuit of sexual enjoyment and the gratification of the palate, he again goes to hell as before. So we're in, it, we're in the hell of Kali Yuga. We're in this um, degraded environment of Kali Yuga, and, and we've been liberated by the spiritual master. We've been lifted out by the spiritual master. So if we again associate with the path of unrighteousness, with asat sangya, then we again go to this hell that we already are in, which is 
the degraded age of Kali Yuga. So um, Lord Kapila Dev continues, he becomes devoid of truthfulness, cleanliness, mercy, gravity, spiritual intelligence, shyness, austerity, fame, forgiveness, control of the mind, control of the senses, fortune, and all such opportunities. So we lose everything by associating with uh, persons interested in enjoying this material world. One should not associate with a coarse fool who is bereft of the knowledge of self-realization and is no more than a dancing dog in the hands of a woman. The infatuation and bondage which accrue to a man from attachment to any other object is not as complete as that resultant from an attachment to a woman or to the fellowship of men who are fond of women. So we were speaking last, last week about how that's the highest sense gratification. So basically, um, when we associate with persons who are interested in purifying their existence, then that enables us also to be, to be inspired to, to behave in such godly ways and to follow the path of righteousness. So that is um, the fundamental cause of our bondage and, and simultaneously the cause of our liberation if we do the opposite thing. Okay, we'd like to end here. Does anybody have any comments or questions? Yeah. What you think you're, you're saying is that the pursuit of Christian consciousness or the practice of Christian consciousness and the antidote for uncleanliness and things. But what if you think you're practicing and you still start drooling like this? What do you do? One thing that I do personally, is I play um, uh, audio tape of good Prabhupada's journey. So I just have Prabhupada's journey going on all night. So. But also, we can watch our feet regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can watch after ourselves. <laughs> yeah. The ghosts and the host and hobgoblins took possession of the body thrown off in the form of yawning by Brahma, the creator of the living entities. This is also known as a sleep which causes drooling. The hobgoblins and ghosts attack men who are impure, and their attack is spoken of as insanity. <clears throat> so even the six ghost swamis had to sleep in those two two hours a night. And sometimes, some nights, it wouldn't sleep. But what can we do? We have to sleep. Yes, yeah. okay. sitting in the, in the unclean place, the, uh, the Mayavad sannyasis were so attracted to him. Because, because externally, sannyasis are supposed to be very clean. Actually, Sri Prabhupada said sannyasis should take showers three times a day. He says the, uh, the Krihasta should take a shower two times a day, 
sannyasi three times and the brahmachari one time. <clears throat> so um, it didn't specifically say that, but just understanding that Krishna is the supreme pure and he sat in an unclean place, we understood that he purified that place. Right. So in that sense, yeah. Yeah, that was another strategy. Good strategy. And also, Dr. Ryan was one of his Um, somebody we know recently was saying that they were attacked by the opposite sex ghosts. So actually, I, I heard that recently. Yeah. Okay. Forty one. Yeah.